A couple of years ago, uh, I, was, uh, I was speaking at this conference. Um, I don't mean to make that sound important. I was actually uh, a last-minute addition to, to a panel because they knew they could get me because we were friends and I was free. Um, but, I was, but I was on this panel uh, at, at this event, and the main, uh, the main attraction, uh, the main uh, person that people were coming out to this event uh, to see was... Um, was at the time a relatively well-known hip-hop artist who is uh, from Compton, if I'm not mistaken. And so it was a long day. We'll put it, we'll, we'll say that. Um, it was a really long day. I got there early in the morning, and at this point it was late at night. And the, and the caveat to this conference was it was part conference, part concert. Right, and so that night, this uh, this artist would be performing, and that was you know uh, uh, going to be the part where everybody was excited. But for me, uh, it was a long day. It was a long day, and so uh, admittedly, at, by the time it had reached the point of the concert, I was wandering around the back hallways just looking for a place to sit down and chill. Like, I really was not trying to be a part of, of, of anything else. My boy, uh, Moose, was there, was, where, was there with me. He was literally right next to me when this happened. Uh, I'm looking for a place in the back hallway to just hide out, to just chill. Also, Maslin had beaten McKinley that day, so I was trying to mourn a little bit. Like, it was just, it was just a tough day. And so, and so I'm looking for a place, and then, and then I'm thinking that, you know, like I feel a presence behind me. I thought it was Moose because he was right there a second ago. And as it turned out, it was actually said artist that everybody was, you know, was there to see. And I thought, like my first thought was like, oh, he's about to bust me because I'm not out there for the concert or, you know, like something like that. And he just looks at me and he goes, nice jacket. And I was like, oh, thanks, because I was wearing my Lakers jacket. And him being from L.A., he found affinity with that. He was like, oh, I like your jacket. And I was like, I like my jacket too. He said, are you, uh, are you a fan or do you just like the jacket? And I was like, I'm a fan. Like anyone who knows me knows at this point, like I lit up a little bit because I was like, I'm a fan. Like I'm a Lakers fan, like purple and gold all the way. Like uh, unless it pertains to Stark County, then we don't talk about that. But but. You know, I'm a Lakers fan. And then he squints his eyes and he tilts his head at me. He goes, but are you a true fan or are you just a fan? And I, I, I lost it. I went in, didn't I? Like we, we were like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. And I started going in about childhood and about, and about you, know, where, you know, my parents living in L.A. And about, and about magic and about Kobe and about, you know. And I'm like, man, I, when I was a kid, I wore number eight because Kobe was number eight. Then I wanted to be my own individual. So, so, so I changed my number to 24. And then literally the next year, Kobe changed his number to 24. And I was like, see, we're linked forever. Like it's it's. It's a thing, like, I'm, I'm a fan, and I remember sharing with him, and this was a couple years ago, right? So you all know where LeBron played a couple years ago, and so I remember sharing with him my dreams of a kid from Northeast Ohio someday traveling west to bring glory back to the Lakers franchise. You remember this, right? You remember this. I was excited. And then he left, and we never talked again, but... But I, it was a moment, but I remembered that story this week. I remember that story this week because I have been thinking about how we have essentially done the same thing with our faith. 
What I mean by that is that there is a number of us who simply want to represent a brand of Jesus. There's a number of us that, that, that want to simply state claims to an experience and say and, and, and wear the t-shirt because I've been there, I've done that, right? We wear a t-shirt or, or, or some sort of badge of honor of Jesus as if to say that like, yeah, I know about that. Then there's, there, there's another group of us that would, even, that would even claim, I would say, to be fans of Jesus, we like the things that he did. We like the things that he teaches. We may even quite literally like his page on Facebook. I don't know how you get rights to that page, by the way, but that, it's, it's real. We can agree, we can, we, we can believe, we can even say technically with our mouths like, oh yeah, yeah, Jesus, like yeah, like no, yeah, 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 I'm, you know, like spiritual or whatever. But the true implications of what it means to actually follow Jesus are nowhere evident in our lives. And then there are those who are true followers. There are those who are true followers who you didn't even need to ask. You know after a very short interaction with them, that they are followers of Jesus. Yes. And that is the thought that I want to speak from this morning. Is, are you representing a brand, a sect, a branch, a color? Or are you representing, are you a fan or have you allowed the true implications of what it means to be a follower of Jesus to set in deeply into your life? As some of you may know, on the church calendar, we're coming to the season of Pentecost. It begins next Sunday. And so this Sunday, I thought it would be appropriate if we began our time in the book of Acts. So if you would, please turn with me to the book of Acts. You'll find it. The Bible's is divided into two parts. Not evenly so, but two parts nonetheless. And it's the Old Testament and the New Testament. You'll find Acts in the New Testament, right? So towards, you know, the back of your Bibles. And you'll find Acts after our four Gospels. We go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then the fifth book that you will find right after the Gospel of John ends is the book of Acts. Some of your Bibles might say the Acts of the Apostles. That's the real name of this book. And we're going to start our time in the beginning in, 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 in Acts chapter 1, and we're going to read the first three verses together. So here we go. It says this. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. Verse 3. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And then he talked to them about the kingdom of God. So the book of Acts is written by Luke. Luke is also the author of the gospel of Luke. 
So Acts is meant to be read as a continuation of the gospel of Luke. What Luke has essentially comprised is two writings. One, to uh, explain the ministry of Jesus as the person of Jesus. And then Acts is the continuation of that to explain and record the history of the ministry of Jesus as the church. And so he starts his time as if we already know something. He starts his time like, hey, y'all know Jesus, right? Like you, you read my last book, of course, uh, uh, Jerusalem's top 10 bestseller that year. You, 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 you read my last book, of course, and so you know that, that all the things that Jesus taught, you know the things that Jesus did, you know that Jesus died, but you know that he didn't just stay there. Oh, we're not going to go there today. You know that Jesus got back up. You know that Jesus then appeared to his disciples. In fact, Luke's gospel ends in chapter 24 with an encounter with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. There's a couple of his boys, a couple of his closest followers were, were walking to this place called Emmaus. And they're walking along, and it says the conversation that they were having was something to the extent of like, dang, that was crazy. Now, the Bible says that. Go look at it. But they're walking, and they're talking about how wild that was. Like, Man, that was like, that was a ride, huh? Like, that dude did some wild stuff, huh? And then he just like, man, the way he got killed. And then like, and then like he said, like, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to stay dead. Right. But like, but like we watched him die and like, man, like I just, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to think anymore. And they're walking likely with heavy hearts. Walking away from the very site where they just watched their teacher crucified. Where they just watched somebody who was supposed to be their savior buried and put in the ground and they're walking away and it says Jesus the full resurrected I'm not dead anymore form of Jesus starts walking next to him but they don't recognize him and so he just casually and this is why you know Jesus has a sense of humor this is why you know that you get your humor from God he says what y'all talking about? And they're like, they look at him like he's crazy. They're like, have you not heard? Do you live under a rock? Like, are, like sir, you're tripping. Are you the only person in this entire region of the world that has no idea what just happened? <laughs> How many times in our lives do we talk to God as if he has no idea what just happened in our life? How many times do we go to God and tell him our tragic situation as if he doesn't know exactly the full extent of what just happened? How many times do we regularly hope that God sees us, that God walks with us, that God knows the condition of our heart, not recognizing that he's been going step for step with us the entire way. And then they get to their destination, 
Oh, man, it's so, this is like my favorite part, right? You can read it more fully in the Gospel of John, but, but Jesus decides to make them breakfast. Golly, that's amazing, because I love breakfast. I love breakfast for lunch and dinner, in the evening, in the morning. Like, I just love breakfast, and Jesus makes them breakfast. And he says, and he, and he reveals himself to be the resurrected Jesus. But there's doubt in the room. My wife's favorite apostle, Thomas. He's like, no, no, sir. I watched Jesus get buried. I saw that stone roll in front of the tomb. Ain't no way. I know what Jesus looks like, and you ain't him, sir. I saw what happened to Jesus, and that, that did not happen to you. You could not be standing there like that, cooking my bacon crispy. There's no way that that is you, Jesus. And he's like, man, come here and put, put your hand in these holes right here. How often do we fail to recognize the blessing that God has placed in our life, and we try so hard to reason it away? Man, somehow I was able to pay my bill right on time this month. But, I mean, that was just like crazy coincidence. Like the, 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 the electric company just happened to make a mistake. How often do we reason away the very miracles that God has worked in our lives? But here's the thing. The book of Acts is about what happened after they realized, oh my goodness, it's true. Oh my goodness, it's real. Everything he ever said, everything he ever taught, everything he ever told us he was going to do, he did and is still doing, and now he wants us to continue. Wow. And the book of Acts is about the way that the disciples lived their lives in light of the fact that everything that they were told to believe is true. Seeing the resurrected Jesus changed their life forever. When Jesus made himself alive in their lives, they never, ever lived the same way again. I have two questions this morning, and then I'm out your way. Question number one, is Jesus alive in your life? Is Jesus alive in your life? I'm not talking about the t-shirt. I'm not talking about the inspirational quotes that you throw up on your IG story. I'm not talking about your daily Jesus sprinkle. I'm not talking about none of that. I'm talking about is the real life resurrected Christ alive in your life? Is the evidence there? Because if Jesus is alive in your life, then Jesus is regularly winning battles with sin in your life that you've dealt with for a long, long time. If Jesus is alive in your life, then your friends and those closest to you know it and are actually attracted to it. If Jesus is alive in your life, then it shows in your relationship with your significant other when, it's alone, when you're alone and it's dark and nobody else is around and ain't nobody going to know what y'all do for the next 30 minutes. If Jesus is alive in your life, then you believe that Jesus is more powerful than sickness and disease that plagues our world, that he wants to, to heal. But even if he doesn't do it every time, he's still good. 
If Jesus is alive in our lives, then we're not checking our bank accounts more than we're checking our Bibles. If Jesus is alive in our lives, then we're no longer in a life-sucking job. Rather, we find meaning in our work. If Jesus is alive in our lives, we're not getting into petty arguments on social media. Rather, we're using platforms to build people up. If Jesus is alive in our lives, we're not letting negative things about other people leave our lips, but we're praying for the very people that make us want to roll our eyes, sigh, and walk the other way. Is Jesus actually alive in your life? Is Jesus actually alive. Let's keep going. Verse 4. That was the intro. Jesus ain't done. He's got more for him. Luke says, once when he was eating with them, Jesus commanded them, hey, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you he would before. See, your boy John was baptized with water, but, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him questions because, I mean, duh. And they say, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replies, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They're not for you to know. Stop telling me the world's going to end whenever. Stop it. You don't know. Verse 8, this is the point. He says, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses. You'll be telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The disciples had a lot of questions. They just followed somebody for three years, watched him die, and then all of a sudden he's not dead anymore. They've got some questions. And so they start asking Jesus all of these things. But here's what I love about Jesus, and this is a free truth for for you to get on your ride home today. Jesus doesn't give answers. He gives instructions. They said, Jesus, does this mean? He said, I'm not going to answer that. They said, does this mean? He goes, here's what I need you to do. Jesus doesn't give answers. He gives instructions, and he tells them, I need you to wait right here in Jerusalem for, for, for this gift that's coming your way. Somebody in here this morning is like, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been waiting for this gift to, like, come to me. I've been waiting for this gift to, like, fall on me. I I believe that what God has told me is true, and I've been waiting. Here's what y'all need to know. This was written 2,000 years ago. The time for waiting was 2,000 years ago. The time we're in right now is time to go get it and keep running. It's not time to wait on it to fall. It's time to receive it and run. That's the time we're in. Don't tell me how you're waiting on God. God's outside of time. We don't wait on God. God waits on us. The time is not to wait. The time is to receive and to go. He says, the spirit I speak of is going to, you will receive it. A closer, a closer translation when you, look, when you look at the Greek dialect, the closer translation is to say that this thing will come upon you. It's gonna, you're going to get the ability of the coming onto you. 
this thing, this spirit is going to come upon you as if, you as if it were some substance and you were some vessel. My second question for you this morning is, are you a vessel? Are you a vessel specifically for the Holy Spirit? You can believe in Jesus. You can like Jesus. You can attend his gatherings weekly, daily. You can talk to him. But are you a vessel? Are you usable? Have you allowed his spirit to come upon you? You know, the funny thing about the word vessel, the funny thing about a vessel in general is that could mean a lot of different things. I'm just going to give you four of them today. It could mean a lot of things. A vessel could be some sort of container or a bottle. A vessel could be a bottle. Bottles sometimes get a bad rep. My problem is the bottle, man. I just can't quit. You know, it's the bottle, man. My, you know, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this bottle. The bottle this, the bottle that. Man, your problem is not the bottle. Your problem is what's inside the bottle. A bottle cannot be bad. A person cannot be bad. It's not about what the bottle itself being bad. A bottle is just a bottle. What it contains and how what's contained is used is what can be bad. We determine whether a bottle is good or bad based on what's inside and furthermore how what's inside the bottle gets used. We are the same way as people. What have you allowed to fill you up? If God's accomplishment on the cross and through his resurrection was, was him tipping you over and emptying you of all of the things that you have for a long time struggled with, what have you chosen to fill yourself back up with? Have you chosen to fill yourself back up with some filth? Have you chosen to fill yourself back up with some other stuff that is not recommended in his word? Or have you chosen to fill yourself back up with his spirit? Amen. The natural byproduct of being filled with Jesus' spirit, we learn in the book of Ephesians, is people being made into apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, shepherds, and all kinds of stuff. The natural byproduct of being filled with the spirit is people functioning in these gifts that God designed in you long before you were a thought on earth. The natural byproduct of our behaviors by being filled up with the Spirit, these might sound familiar to you. They're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are those the qualities that you exhibit? Because when you allow yourself to be filled with the Spirit, that's what it looks like. Another way we can understand a vessel, a vessel is also an artery. It's a blood vessel. An artery pumps blood from the heart to the rest of the body. The heart of God, made known through the Holy Spirit, is not meant to just stay here with you. It's meant for you to pump that to the rest of the body. 
Now, here's the thing. I like fast food way too much to like an analogy on being an artery. Y'all didn't get that. Fast food clogs our arteries. Here we go. Now we're on the same page. An artery is meant to pump blood to the rest of the body. But when we put junk in our lives, when we go for that instant satisfaction, rather than taking time to make a meal that's holistic, what, we, what happens is we slow down the process of pumping blood. When the arteries are clear, and the blood gets to flow into the rest of the body. The body is then able to move. Another way we can understand being a vessel is being a boat. A boat that sits at a dock. It's loaded up for a journey. It's given cargo that is held in abundance at point A and is greatly needed over there at point B. And so we load this water vessel down and we send it on its way to sail across some treacherous seas to get it to point B where it is needed. The boat carries said precious cargo. All the world's resources belong to God. God has an abundance of resources. God, let me say this another way, God is never going to run out of money. God is never going to run out of oil. Uh-oh, you'll get that fuller tomorrow. God is never going to run out of resources. But what God wants to do is he wants to give those resources freely to those in need. The way in which he chooses to do so now is to deliver to you the ability through the Holy Spirit to carry some weight and responsibility. It's to go to those in need and to bring together the resources needed. He wants to put that on you and send you. The fourth way we can understand a vessel is simply a person that is infused with grace. A person that has allowed themselves to be infused with grace. So often this plays out in like one of two ways. We either really, really appreciate our gifts and our abilities and we do it to the max so that we can be praised. Or we recognize readily all of our inabilities, ineptitudes, and incompetencies. And as a result, we overcompensate so as not to be called out. We do some things to the max, not out of, not out of arrogance, but rather out of ins- insecurities. So as not to be found out where our cracks and our flaws lie. But a person that's infused with grace. See, grace says no work you do, no accomplishment, nothing you're capable of will ever be enough. Grace also says 
that in all of the areas where there are cracks, in all of your iniquities, Jesus fills those gaps. Jesus makes you good enough. Are you a person infused with grace? Here's the point. What Luke is trying to communicate, he's saying that Jesus did all that I wrote in my first book so that what is done in this book is possible. Let me say it another way. Jesus did all that he did so that we can be filled with his presence forever. Let me say it another way. Jesus did all that he did so that we don't have to lose. So that we don't have to succumb to the pressures of this world. So that we don't have to rot. So that we don't have to die. Ultimately, Jesus did all of these things so that there can be another way. Jesus did all that he did so that his presence could continue to circulate to and through his people until the day he returns. Jesus did all that he did so that even when Jesus wasn't physically on earth anymore, his work could continue. He could leave and charge people who would function as arteries to pump this spirit, this goodness to other parts of the body. Jesus did all that he did so that all who are lost could possibly be reached and they could be cared for and they could be resourced so that they come to know his love. Is that the reality of the world that you live in? Because if it is not, God wants to do something about that. God is not done moving. Jesus did all that we read about in the Gospels, all we've been talking about for months, so that this thing could keep moving, so that his presence could be among his people, so that that relationship could be reconciled, so that people don't have to hurt and mourn the person in the casket anymore because you know that someday you'll walk again with that person. Jesus did all of this so that we could be infused with grace. Therefore, therefore, it's not enough to wear the t-shirt. It's not enough to acknowledge an experience that you had. It's not enough to quasi-proudly represent a brand of spirituality. It's not enough to use Jesus as yet another cause we support. It's not enough to be a fan who will casually engage if it fits into our schedule. It's not enough to be the casual fan that will tune in if nothing else is going on. Rather, we must be willing to receive. We must be willing to receive from Jesus. 
Because what's received from Jesus is his spirit. And what's guaranteed as a deposit, what's guaranteed from the goodness of the spirit is the full experience of love. The full experience of joy. The full experience of peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Gentleness. Faithfulness and self-control. We've got to be willing to receive all of that and then live out as vessels of said promise, of said deposit, of said spirit. Live out as vessels the work, the good work that Jesus plans to continue. Scripture tells us that in whom God has begun a good work, a good work he will complete. Will you receive this morning? Will you receive from Jesus who you say you're a fan of this morning for your sake and for the sake of your community?